never forget why you are the church. Can you hear me? One, two. Can you hear me nice and loud? Is that, is that good, Joel, right there? Amen. Amen. Well, tonight we are going to talk about, I was in between three messages tonight, and uh, man, I was struggling with which one, came in, made a decision, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. So if you would turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, we'll be in verse 18, and we're going to read verses 18 through 25, and then we'll get going. All right, so when you get there, say, I'm there. We do not have a PowerPoint tonight because, again, I was in between three different messages, so uh, you're going to actually have to turn with me and actually read with me uh, tonight. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. If you're there, say, read. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away Privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Tonight we're going to look just for the next few moments about why Christ came. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, again for this night. I thank you for your word. We thank you for Christmas, God. For if we didn't have Christmas, we wouldn't have Calvary. So, Lord God, I pray that, I, that those that have ears to hear, may they hear. God, I pray that you allow me to preach this and teach this with power, clarity, and liberty. God, we pray that if someone tonight does not know your son Jesus, their Lord and Savior, that tonight be the night of salvation for them, and we will celebrate that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 20, verse 21 says, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Now, there has been a great many arguments for and against the virgin birth. I don't really have to argue against it because God's word says it happened, amen? But there's been many arguments, well, how was that even possible? And evidently they don't read the Bible because the Bible also says that with God all things are possible and with, with he, nothing is impossible for him. But there's been uh, many arguments against it. There have been articles written on the nature of swaddling uh, cloth in which Jesus was wrapped. Many word pictures have been drawn of the manger in which Jesus was laid. There have been thousands of sermon preaching concerning the inn at Bethlehem, which had no room for the infant Jesus. None of these things. Listen, I understand as a pastor, when you try to draw out these topics from the Christmas story, it can become very redundant. It can become very tiresome, very exhaustive. And we like to take all these little details, and they're good messages. They're great, they're great messages. They're great sermons. But none of that is really what matters. None of it is. It's none of it is as important as the question, why did Jesus come? That is really the main question 
of Christmas. Why did Jesus come? See, in a society that we have so many distractions around the Christmas season, I'm one of those that, uh, and I'm going to speak in code here just for your sake, but I'm one of those that get all this persecution, persecution on a light, and I'm, I'm not, no one's like threatening my life or anything, but people don't like the fact that I try to take as many distractions away from Christmas as possible. Parents, you understand what I'm saying? All right, good. And, and, you, and I know some of you might have been thinking, and some of you hearing, if you had the kids around, you might say, Oop, turn that off. But all I'm trying to say is this. We try to add, and we try to take away, and we do this, and we do that. And even I get caught up in all the festivities of Christmas. But in reality, none of that matters as much as why we even celebrate this season of Christmas. Whether he was born on December 25th or sometime in September, or, listen, none of that matters. What matters is why he came. So we're going to talk about a few reasons why he came. First off, we know that he came to save his people from their sin. We saw that in verse 21, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I want you to ask yourself, why in the world would this be necessary? Why, why, who, what was such a big deal about this young uh, child or young baby named Jesus? Well, if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, you don't have to go with me. I'll go there myself. But Genesis 3, 15, if you remember, this is one of the first, uh, uh, first kind of uh, scriptures that pointed to the Savior. It says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. Now, now this is speaking between uh, Eve and the serpent. That's the devil. And there's going to be enmity between each other's seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. In other words, because sin had come into the world, because Adam was not the man that he should have been, because he allowed sin into the world, right? Because of that, now we needed a Savior. A Savior did not start in Matthew. Understand, that's not where Jesus started. Now, I don't know what your belief system is, but God's Word says that Jesus was there from the beginning, right? He's not a created being. He is uh, the, the second part of the triune God. That is Jesus Christ the only begotten son. And from the foundation of the world, God purposed for him to come, to die, to be resurrected, and to save the people. That's pretty cool right there. But when we, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, we call that, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but we call that the intertestament period, right? In between testaments, there was silence. God did not speak like he was speaking before. And man, how awesome was it Then out of that silence finally came Jesus, and, he, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I want you to understand something. I know and I understand, again, all the festivities. I mean, look, look literally, physically, look at me right now. I am a festive kind of guy. But I will say this, Jesus, uh, uh, Christmas is not about gifts. Christmas is not about and I love tradition. Listen, hey, I'm about to leave here to go to a family tradition. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and guess what? It's going to be a great thing. But it's not about that. Christmas is not about the Christmas trees. Christmas is not. And we can, we're going to talk about how we can, or, or, or another time we're going to, that was the other message. I almost preached two messages at the same time. See what I'm saying? I got three of them in my head right now. But, but see, it's not all about that. It's not about the shopping. It's not about the, the pictures with a certain person. It's not about that. It's about 
Jesus. And we have to understand that Jesus came so that we could be saved. But that's not it. It also says in Matthew 5, 17, that he came uh, not come to destroy, but to fulfill. We're going to read that right there. Uh, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Now, why would Jesus have to come to fulfill the law? Think about that for a second. Well, the answer is actually very simple. It's because we couldn't. And because we couldn't, because we had sin, because we uh, were not perfect, that is why we had a, what we call in the church, a sin debt. And only someone who was perfect, that is, who could fulfill the entire law, and that was Jesus, could be the one who saves us. As a matter of fact, people try to say all the time, I don't believe in a law, I'm under grace. Well, you know what? Praise the Lord, I'm under grace too. But the Bible says that Jesus said that if you love me, speaking about him, if you love Jesus, you will keep his commandments. So as we are under grace, we now understand how important the law is. Not that we are bound by the law, we are bound by grace. But we are to, we are to uh, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, hey, upon all these hang the law of the prophets. So understand that he came not to destroy the law, but he came to fulfill the law. And thank God that he did, because without that, we could not be saved. Not only that, but in John 12, 46, he says, I am come a light into the world. I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Do you see a theme here on why Christ came? To take us out of darkness and to place us into his marvelous light. Listen, when you give your life to Christ, hear me, when you are born again, the Bible says that you are now a new creation. The purpose that you had before, which was only for sin, which was only for the flesh, which is only for pride, all that, that's all you live for. Now, with a new divine, you're a partaker in the divine nature. You are new. You are changed. You are transformed. And we are not to walk in the darkness, but we are to walk in the light. People uh, confuse that. We have have made this, this idea of Jesus Everybody wants to, uh, everyone at Christmas time loves the whole, you know, baby Jesus story, but not everyone wants to see Christ as a grown man on the cross. And let me just tell you something, that baby came for Calvary. So he comes as a light into the world. But not only that, but he came so that we might have life. Look at John 10, 10, what you don't look at it, but I'm going to read it to you. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Have you ever heard someone say, man, I just don't want to be a Christian. That seems like a boring life. I hear it. I, I've, I've, genuinely, I've heard that so much. Well, I, you know, I just, I want to sow my wild oats. So I want to, I want to live a little bit before I give my life for Christ. Let me explain something to you. The, the Ephesians chapter two says that you are dead without Christ. There is no life to live aside from Jesus Christ. So he came so that he may give us life and life abundantly. Listen, as a Christian, I don't just live life. I don't just get up thinking, man, here's another day. No, 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 no. As a believer who is in right fellowship with God, I can get up and live life in abundance. That doesn't mean that my bank account is, is fat. Doesn't mean that I have the nicest of things. Doesn't mean that I have everything that I ever desire to want. What it means is I have the Savior and I have fellowship and friendship with him. Amen. Not only that, we're going to keep on going. It says in Matthew 9, 13, I am not come to call the righteous. 
Uh, but go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Do you know why so much of the church, I believe, is lost? You say, hold on, that's a big statement right there. Well, I'm not talking about the big C church. I'm talking about those that just simply go to church every now and again or those that go to church and, and maybe they're there every single Sunday, but they're here and they're, they're checking things off the list, but they never had an actual encounter with Christ. They may sing about him. They may, they may experience the goodness of him. They may hear the word preached, but they've never truly confessed with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in the heart that God raised from the dead. But, but you, you, you want to know why um, I believe that is so is because we think that in our righteousness, we are okay. We think that if we just do one good deed a day, then we'll be fine. Can I tell you something? You cannot do enough good to outweigh what you've done bad. Your, your best day, you're still deserving of hell. Do you understand that? Aside from Christ, the best you have is not enough. Now, that's a little bit different than the prosperity gospel, is it not? I was listening to, um, <clears throat> well, I was reading an article about a preacher, and I, I, I read these articles, and, and it's, it's these people kind of, it's almost like a watch list of these people, of these preachers that have, have gone into heresy. And uh, because I, I have you know, most of the heretical preachers are the ones that are being followed the most. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, most of these preachers that preach nothing but a false gospel, people love it. Why? Because it, it scratches their itching ears. You understand what I'm saying? No one wants the truth. Everyone wants to hear what they want to hear. But, but this preacher literally in a sermon preached this, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quoting it you know, uh, verbatim, but I am. This was the gist of it. So this whole concept of having to be changed uh, be, to, to, to be saved, right? This whole concept of God coming in and changing you, and that, and that is what salvation is. That, that, is, a, that is a silly, uh, unbiblical concept. This is what this preacher is saying. And then he goes and he says, and it sounds so good to the world, you are enough just the way you are. I'm here to tell you, I don't, listen, I, I know you'll have a lot of fun during the Christmas season, Christmas Eve tomorrow, so let me just kind of be the Debbie Downer here. Uh, no, you are not. No, I am not. Listen, again, I was dead in my trespasses and sin. Everything I was was heading straight to condemnation and hell. I was not enough. I could not do enough good to be saved, but Jesus he is enough. So he has not come to call the righteous. Uh, but not only that, I'm not come to send peace on earth. Look at Matthew 10, 34. This might confuse a few people. Think not that I come to send peace on earth. I come not to send peace, but a sword. Now you think, well, hold on. We, we sang differently. In, in the Christmas season, we talk about peace on earth and goodwill towards men and all that good stuff. And all that stuff is true. But understand what, what Jesus is saying right here. Following Christ could bring division between you and your loved ones. Following Christ, listen, and we don't get that as much today because we have such a casual Christianity. But see, in that time, when you follow Christ, that was polarizing. It could very well be that when you follow Christ, you are ostracized, not just from your community, but from your family, from your home. So he's saying, listen, I, I don't just bring peace Right now, the gospel will bring peace, but understand through that peace of the gospel, you have to realize that I come also bearing a sword, and you could be split asunder from those that you love because you follow me. By the way, it was one of my favorite scriptures, one of my favorite encounters 
the disciples are coming up to Jesus and saying, hey, your family wants to see you. Your family wants to see you. And Jesus said, I don't, listen, my family are those who do the Father's will. And that is how it is today. Now, listen, I'm not trying to say that you go to your Christmas Eve celebration or your Christmas morning celebration with a little fake sword and all those ungodly family members just start swiping in between saying, I am cut off from you because I'm saved. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is we, if we stand for Christ, if we truly are unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, there will be some enmity between those that we love. But not only that, but he come to set a man at variance. This actually goes off of that one uh, that we just read. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. In other words, it's the same thing. Listen, when you follow Jesus, he becomes the most important thing in your life. People all the time, they try to sound so pious. Well, the, the most important thing to me is my family. And, and then I say, well, hold on, that's not, well, uh, well, of course, Jesus. No, 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 what you just said was what the most important thing to you is. It's like when I look at a budget, right, and, and I've, had, I've had the, the ironic, uh, I guess, honor and responsibility of people uh, coming to me and saying, hey, would you help me with my budget and blah, 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 and all that good stuff. I don't know why, but, um, but, I, but I will. I always will try to help. And I sit there and say, hey, well, let's look at your budget. Let's, let's set things down in order. Uh, what's the most important thing on this budget? And they'll say, well, you know, rent, mortgage. I'm like, okay, and I don't say, I don't say a word. And we just go through, and, and we all, it's, it's, you know, big old list. And I said, okay. I said, so when does giving back to the Lord come into play? And they'll say, oh, well, of course, first. I said, no, it doesn't. Because if it came first, you would have said it first. Do you understand how that works? Listen, what is priority to us will be priority of what we share, talk about, and care about. So understand that sometimes, listen, hey, family's a great thing. And, and people probably think that I can't stand family, college, or school, or whatever it is. And that's not the case. The case is this, we got to be very careful not having idols in our life. Jesus came to set a variance. He is, Jesus is a, is, when I say polarizing, I don't mean it like how we see in society. But when you follow Christ, that's it. That's who you follow. And we ought to do it unashamedly. Not only that, John 9, 39 says, for judgment I am come into the world. Look at this. And Jesus said, for judgment I am come into this world, that they which see uh, not might see, and they which see might be made blind. Now, right here, this goes against that little baby Jesus in the swaddling clothes in the manger. How could this little baby Jesus judge somebody? How could God, who is love, actually judge somebody for their sin? You do understand that when you love somebody, you will be just with somebody. And I want you to know that, that, that we sin, God has never forced us to sin. So the consequence that we bear for our sin, that is on us, not the Lord. But he does come for judgment. It's very different than a no-judgment God. If you, if you listen to culture and you listen to society, what they, are, what they will tell us is, well, the God of the Bible is not real because he was too mean. The God of the Bible is not real because th there's no way that a loving God could destroy whole cities. There's no way that a loving God could, could, could do what he did in the Bible. But all I'm saying is, hey, listen, if the Lord, if the Lord doesn't tarry and, and uh, God is going to destroy this earth, and it is going to be in a loving, wrathful, righteous, just way, and it's going to be something that is deservant of that kind of judgment. We got to get out of this whole, well, don't, don't judge me situation. Listen, I'd rather be judged by you as a brother or sister in Christ than by the Lord any day of the week.
You say, well, how do they blind themselves? This isn't, I don't really like the way this reads, that, that they which see not might see, and they which see might be made blind. Well, think about he was teaching and, and speaking to all these religious elite, right, all these Pharisees that, man, they knew all the prophecy. They knew all the Old Testament, all these things, but yet because they rejected the Messiah that was standing right in front of them, they made themselves blind to the truth. But not only that, John 18, 37 says, I am king, to this end was I born. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king, to this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Don't you love that? Hey, are, are, Pilate says, Aren't thou a king? And then Jesus says, Yep, you said it. That's exactly who I am. I want you to understand that he came not to just be a little baby at Christmas, but he came to be king of kings and lord of lords, and that is why he came. But not only that, and the last thing that we'll look at before we get into what that means to us, John 6, 38 says, I came not to do my own will, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Now, that right there sets an example for us believers today. If Jesus humbled himself from heaven to earth, not to do what he wanted to do, but to do the will of the Father, how much more so should we? Listen, when I became born again, the Holy Spirit became indwelling within me. And now we talked about it. I am not my own. This life that I live is not my own, but it is it is Christ, it is God's, therefore, therefore, it is not my will that is most important, but his will. Now, before we can benefit from Christ's coming, right, we just talked about a whole lot of reasons why he came, but before we can benefit from all this, we must, like the wise men, come to Christ, for he invites everybody. You say, well, what are you talking about? Well, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isn't it funny how in a Christmas season, let me ask you something. Parents, I know kids don't care because they're just kids. They run around, do whatever they want. But, but as parents or as adults, listen, it, Christmas season, the way we've made it, is anything but restful. Amen. It, it is the most exhausting part of the year, right? We do this. We do that. Listen, I went to my parents' house. It was amazing. I did not realize that the Grinch was that long of a movie. I mean, it was absolutely, that's my favorite movie, but for some reason, it seemed like it was four hours long. We didn't get to bed till like 12, 1 o'clock, and then we got up and did all the festivities and stuff. Listen, hey, Christmas is very tiring, but we gotta understand, the one that we celebrate Christmas for, that is Jesus Christ, he came to give us rest. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. But not only that, John six thirty seven says this, uh, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and uh, I'm sorry, come unto me, all ye that labor. And I got confused. All right, here we go. John 6, 37 says this, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And so, so in other words, when we come to him, he will not cast us out. You know what the worst thing in the world the, the worst feeling in the world to me, and maybe not to you, maybe you've never experienced it, uh, but the worst feeling in the world is to feel rejected. Have any of you ever felt rejected? 
If you're a husband, let me just tell you something. You have felt rejected. I'll never forget. I used to. I, I grew up in uh, going to the Jimmy Floyd, and uh, man, and does anyone know what a Jimmy Floyd is? Okay, it's a gym, you know, a little basketball gym. So anyway, I go in there, man, when I was younger, man, I was like first or second pick. Billy, you know what I'm talking about. It's been a while, maybe more long, you know, for you, but for me, it wasn't too long ago. But, but I was like first or second pick, and, and man, people, they, they call me like the, you know, the white fundamental dude, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just really cool, you know, I had the jump shot and stuff. And then all, and, and I, got, I got used to being the first or second pick, man. I'd walk in, no, I'm about to get picked first or second, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll just walk to the team I want to go on, you know what I'm saying? Like I was accepted. Well, a few years went by, my belly got a little bit bigger, I got a little bit slower, my jump shot didn't go in as much, and then all of a sudden I go into that same gym, and I'm sitting there thinking, man, first, hey, hey, fundamentals here, man, let me in, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'll never forget, it was the one and done for me, I never went back, but I sat there, and I'm sitting there just waiting, just like, and then someone, this dude, gets, I'm like, who is this, this dude, what? Then this guy gets picked, I'm like, like, do they know who I am? And then all of a sudden, pick, 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 and before I know it, I'm standing there, all alone, just in the cold, just didn't get picked. And you know what I did? I walked to the bench, I took my bag, and I went home. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because I felt rejected. Listen, feeling rejected is never good. Understand this, God will never reject those who accept him. Ever, ever, ever. Luke 14, 17 says this, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that... Why am I getting so confused about this? I, I, I messed up on that. My bad. Revelation 22, 17 says this. And the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. The reason why Christ came is to make uh, salvation a free gift that we can accept. And then Hebrews 7, 25 says this. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost, that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. The Christmas story concerns more than pious sentiments about a star in the east. I know, listen, all the details are cool. All the details are fine. But it's more about a star in the east. It's more about a babe in a manger. It's more about the frightened shepherds on Bethlehem's hillside. Rather, what have we done about the Christ of the cross? See, a lot of times we get so narrow-minded there's two times we think about Jesus, a lot of us. And I'm not saying a lot of us here. I'm saying a lot of us in our culture. And that's at Christmas time when he's a baby. And that's at Resurrection Sunday when all of a sudden that baby grew up and has died for our sins. It's much more than that. The relationship that we have with Christ is much more than just a few uh, stories or a few things that we can experience at church. It's all about Calvary. That is why Christ came. And she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So let me ask you this question. What is Christmas about to you? Genuinely. And you know what's, you know what's amazing to me is, and, and this is something convicting to me. For those that have kids, what Christmas is about to you, your kids will answer what it's about. If you go to your child and say, hey, what is Christmas about? Their answer will give what the answer really is. Is it all about the festivities? Is it, all, is it all about the gifts? Is it all about the decorations? Right? Last night, uh, we went and we, we looked at the lights. Let me just tell you something. Uh, I, I'm a, kind of an Ebenezer Scrooge when it comes to lights. Um, the first time I put lights up, man, I, I, I mean, we did it. It was a great job. It looked professional. I did it myself. 
And, man, I had all the stuff all wrapped up. And then I, before I knew it, we would turn it on, and I'd wake up, and they were off because I only have, like, one light switch that had, like, a 1,000 cords coming from it. And so, you know, it would turn it off. And, and I got angry, and we've never done it since. I told you this morning, I get, you know, I have a short temper with that kind of stuff. But, man, listen, we enjoyed, we enjoyed going and seeing the lights. We enjoy going. and we enjoy, Listen, I love hot chocolate. I love cookies. I love all the food. But it's not what it is about. It's about Jesus and why he came. So with heads bowed and eyes closed all over this place tonight, I just...